Welcome to Where Will You Go, the FBC Tullahoma Missions podcast where we ask our members and our listeners the simple question, where will you go as we seek to advance the gospel message of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God from here to the least reached peoples on planet Earth today in the pod I have with us, Scott Mesher with Reaching and Teaching. He's going to be sharing with us today. We hope you will stick around. Well, Scott, welcome to the pod. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to get to be with you. Why don't you tell our listeners who you are and a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. My name is uh, Scott Mesher. I currently live in Salado, Texas. It's a small town right in the middle of the great state of Texas between Austin and Waco. I have been married 25 years to Corey. We have three kids, a daughter in college another son in college and then our third daughter is our second daughter our third child is a sophomore in our junior sorry junior in high school um and uh so we've been in this area for about uh 12 years now uh, engaged in a variety of ministries um and just excited to be serving in a ministry that facilitates short-term training for pastors around the world so tell us what you do now you know you've been in texas for 12 years you've told us a little bit about your family two kids in college pray for scott and one that's a junior now so not far from whatever her future holds and pray Uh for his wife she's been married to him for 25 years so pray for her that she will continue to persevere but you know now what are you doing i know you were in ministry at a first baptist if i'm not mistaken years ago but now Mm -hmm. you're in a in another type of ministry with reaching and teaching tell us what you do now what's your current role and a little bit about your current organization? Yeah, so I serve with an organization called Reaching and Teaching International Ministries. Um, It exists in two, uh, sort of two uh, functions. One is the, uh, one one group of our our folks are the missionaries who actually live on the field. We have missionaries across South America, Africa, and, and a few Asian countries. And the second part of the organization as a whole would be our short-term ministry, uh, where we facilitate uh, short-term training, uh, modular training, for pastors who live in extremely remote areas around the world, uh, do not have access to biblical and theological education. And so I serve as the director of our short-term ministry, um, and we have sites across South America, Central America, the Caribbean, uh, Africa, uh, and are developing sites uh, through regions of Asia and um, even on up into the Balkan states, so whatever that would be, Eastern Europe. Um, it's a pretty exciting time. So what is uh, your job description? I know you said you're the supervisor for short-term ministries, which I guess technically that will make you my supervisor, so God rest your soul yeah, in time. Exactly. Uh, but uh, give us a snapshot of your job description and what these short-term training facilitators and mission teams do, and then maybe mm-hmm. what is a normal day in your life or a normal week in your life look like uh, for us? Yeah, so – um, I have a team. We are, uh, and, and on my team, I guess, are a group of training facilitators. Um, and I would describe their job in a very simple way. They facilitate pastoral training uh, in two different ways. One would be um, on the international side. They help us to identify partners, uh, whether that is a national pastor who's requ- who sees the need for theological training in his area 
or perhaps another missions organization uh, who's serving churches and serving uh, in, in, a, in a type of ministry, and they recognize the need for deeper, uh, more refined, more robust theological education for the pastors that they serve. But maybe their missions organization is not able to accomplish that effectively. So we come alongside of them and deliver uh, theological training in their in those regions where they serve and live. The training facilitator helps us to coordinate those pastors on the international side. Um, a key contact person there. We in our <laughs> in-house terminology call that guy our site coordinator. So they keep in touch with those places and uh, help us to uh, keep on schedule. Um, make sure that they are able to organize a student body that would uh, be sufficient for us to bring a team over there to provide the training. They also facilitate training on the U.S. side or the North American side. We do have a few church teams who come from uh, Canada, and so, but the training facilitator helps the uh, helps the church be prepared to go and teach, and that happens in a couple of ways. Our training facilitators have visited those training sites, and so in a way they become an expert in the culture and the academic capacity of those students. So when they come back home, they help our teaching teams learn how to be effective in those cultural contexts where they will teach, but they also help our teachers, uh, our teaching teams, adjust the way that they deliver the content to be able to serve our students' academic abilities well. Um, and that's probably one of the things that's the most unique about what we get to do in ministry is challenging the teachers to teach in the uh, in a way that is most effective for the needs of our students. Mm. So you really need to understand where these short team short term teams are going so that you can properly prepare them for what they're getting into. Exactly, because we try to target locations that uh, where there are pastors, there's men who are serving in ministry, but they don't have access to theological education. Many times that means that they have maybe an eighth grade education. Uh, and so they're you know, mature adults um, who are able to solve problems and think and uh, can learn, but they just haven't been taught how to maybe think critically about a passage. They may not even be very comfortable learning simply from reading through the Bible. They still function in more of an oral uh, way of learning from instruction rather than sitting down with a book and consuming it. So we want to make sure our teachers are teaching in a way that will uh, preserve the truth of Scripture, prever- preserve the principles of, uh, of the doctrines that we want to teach, but teach it in a way that uh, will resonate well with the learning abilities of our student groups. So what are some of the biggest challenges you face in this job besides the C word? We know what the yeah. C word is, right? So I know that's been a challenge since early 2020. But as far as outside of COVID and all of the travel restrictions, what are some of the biggest challenges you face in this job of facilitating these trainings and, mm. and forming these training centers? So certainly in the last year, the challenge would be identifying travel restrictions, which countries are open. Um, you know, once we get into the country, what are the, you know, the quarantine rules, masking rules, do they have restrictions? Um, even as some of these restrictions have loosened up, we realized some of the locations we want to go to, uh, they're not financially uh, capable of supporting a, a week of training. They're eager to get back to work. 
Um, we're thankful that as some countries have opened up, they've actually requested us to come, even though they're not really back, uh, you know, they, they've just opened, but they want that encouragement. They want God's word to be brought to them. And so we've tried to accommodate some of those. Uh, under normal circumstances, some of the challenges that we face, in addition to those travel challenges, would be, be um, identifying viable training partners. Um, there are some regions of the world where it's especially common for uh, U.S. organizations to go into a location primarily to um, bring a lot of funds or material resources. And so some folks do reach out to us uh, requesting our help, thinking that we would also bring a lot of money or mm -hmm. uh, other types of resources but we're pretty committed to sticking very clearly to theological education. So discerning and sort of figuring out that those situations are, are certainly one of our challenges that we face under regular circumstances. Um, the other big challenge I think that we face, I've mentioned it already, is trying to help the, uh, the American teachers learn to think and communicate in a little bit different way than they were taught. Um, our natural tendency is to teach the way that we were taught. Mm -hmm. So challenging them to think outside that box a little bit is, is a challenge that we face, you know, regardless of pandemic restrictions. <laughs> right. um, but it's also, I think, one of the most fun parts of what we get to, to do in, in our ministry. Yeah, to see how other people learn and know that our way is not the only way uh, to learn and to teach, that there are other ways out there. Right. That's Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yes, it's a it's a fun journey. Um, and then you factor into that some of the cultural nuances uh, of, of places we go. You know, the folks in the Caribbean and especially in Haiti, they're very expressive. And I remember one of my first trips there, I, I watched these men. I thought they were we had just finished teaching on a topic and awakened a great conversation among them. And I thought they were about to have a you know boxing match right outside the room. <laughs> Uh, but then they were talking, you know, very uh, aggressively and shaking their hands. And then all of a sudden they all laughed and they hugged each other. And they came back inside for the next <laughs> section of our class. Yeah. And I just realized this is how they, they sort things out. They're, they're a very animated, very uh, expressive group. Um, and so learning to factor in some of that into our teaching as well and, and just being aware of their cultural tendencies is, mm. is always a fun, fun thing. I can imagine. Well, if you've been listening to the podcast anytime, you know what this sound means right here. It means I'm about to introduce to you the book of the month. The book of the month this month should not be a stranger to you if you've been a member of First Baptist Church for any length of time whatsoever because you should have already read this book as an individual in small groups and discipleship groups somewhere. If not, shame upon you. Right now, you need to come by the church office and or go and order Missions, How the Local Church Goes Global by Andy Johnson. In this book, we see that missions is not just an individual task. It is a task for the church. It points us to scripture. It offers practical steps for training and supporting missionaries, forming partnerships, sending short-term teams, engaging the nations both at home and abroad. If you've not read Missions, How the Local Church Goes Global by Andy Johnson, you need to pick it up today. It is our book of the month. Well, today in the pod, we have with us Scott Mesher. He is with Reaching and Teaching International Ministries. I hope you've already heard his 
explanation of who he is, what he does. He talked to us just a moment ago about the biggest challenges in his type of work. I know with those challenges, there had to be victories. Scott, would you mind sharing with us maybe some of the biggest victories and blessings of your type of work? Sure. You know, our goal is to uh, equip men and follow the pattern of Paul and uh, Peter and you know, so many of the other biblical models of training up men to uh, carry on the good, the good, to carry on the work, to continue to share the good news. And many places, it's also about preserving the truth of Scripture, uh, because where there's a void of theological education, they drift towards sort of syncretism. They begin to mix the little they know about Christianity with some of their previous belief systems. And so, certainly, some of the great victories are those moments when we are at a training site and we get to see a group of church leaders. Uh, come to grips with Christ being the ultimate sacrifice, mm. knowing that these men are going back to villages and communities where they still practice animal sacrifice to a variety of gods, uh, and equipping these pastors to have a better understanding of that. Um, watching a group of men uh, get in- encouraged and charged up about Scripture and about what the biblical call is, and then inviting us to their more remote communities Uh, to reproduce the training with another set of pastors and leaders who are further out um, and and getting to see that the, uh, watch them participate in equipping their own indigenous brothers and sisters uh, with the training. Um, You know, those are the kind of victories that we get pretty excited about. Mm. Um, It's a long, slow process. It takes a lot of trust in the the effectiveness uh, of God's word to impact thinking and and beliefs. Um, But, those are two of the things I would say are, are probably the most fun when we recognize that they value the training and they want to see it reproduced. Um, and just when we can hear through their conversations that the things that we have delivered to them are, are going to give them strength and uh, correction and what they're trying to accomplish in their local ministries. Yeah, the church is called the pillar and the buttress of the truth in the, exactly. in the scriptures. So if, if Christianity is going to take hold in places that have little gospel, then it's going to be the church that has to be that pillar and buttress of the truth, and the church is going to be the pillar and buttress of the truth, and we have to have elders, leaders, pastors that are qualified in the (laughs) truth to teach them that truth, which is why Paul left uh, Titus in Crete, right, was to call and and appoint elders in every church so that they would be pointed in a a biblical direction. So it's a very vital, vital ministry with long-lasting impact and it's yep. encouraging to see uh, on that Slack feed, it's encouraging to see new missionaries being appointed to go overseas and work happening even in the midst of what we've experienced over the last year and a half and who knows how long into the future that God is still raising up workers and to be a part of seeing the church strengthened globally. It's going to be our, yes. it's going to be our hope in the future. So. You know, it's exciting also to stand in front of a group of, you know, our students. Most of them are uh, pastors and effectively lay pastors uh, or bivocational. Uh, many of them don't even receive pay and realize that behind each one of those pastors is a church. Mm-hmm. And when we can steer his mind towards a better understanding of Scripture and God's plan for the local church, we recognize that we're not only affecting the life of this man, but we're affecting the lives of the 20, 30, 40, 50 people that he serves as pastor. Um, and so it's a huge privilege um, to get to, to get to serve in this role. 
Well, Scott, is there anything else that you're just itching to share before we take some prayer requests from you? Anything you just got on your heart that you want to get off? Well, on a bit lighter note, I would say that, you know, certainly a side benefit of what we do is getting to engage with these brothers in their meals. Um, and it presents opportunities to eat some very unique things from time to time. <laughs> and um, I feel a story you, coming on. <laughs> well, yeah, well, when you spend a week in the jungle with a group of pastors and uh, you, you know, after about your sixth meal of fish in two days, you start mm. thinking, man, what's something different? They deliver you something that looks like a tamale wrapped in a banana leaf. And when you open it up, all you find inside is the, uh, the, 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 the laid out frog. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a shock to your lunch afternoon. Um, so yeah, the meals sometimes are, are a lot of fun and they, they give us a lot of things to get to talk about as, as we, we come back from our trips. I can only imagine. But it just reminds me often of the heart that Paul had in, in Second Thessalonians. I think it's in uh, First or Second Thessalonians, uh, where he said, "I came not only to invest the gospel, but to invest myself in you." Mm. Um, and I just it, that that's our, really our goal is to engage with these brothers as much as we can, encourage them with God's word, and point them uh, point them forward in the in their ministry. And then to leave these locations and realize that these men are going to go serve in places uh, that we may never see. Uh, and just hopefully that they'll continue to be faithful to the word and it will be effective in their churches. Amen. What can we pray for you uh, as, as we wrap up our time? Yeah, I think for us as an organization, I would say in, specifically in our short-term ministry, uh, just wisdom as we, wisdom and discernment as we continue to navigate these uncertain times um, and look for ways to continue to uh, send teams Sometimes we have more churches that are interested in going than we have opportunities to, to send them. Um, and sometimes we have a greater desire to go places than we're able to get to. Mm. Uh, so just some wisdom and discernment as we navigate this time. Um, and then I guess for us as the Mesher House, uh, personally, um, you know, I mentioned my son's in college, but this is his first year. So uh, we're going through a pretty big life transition of watching two of our kids move on to school college and um i'm just figuring out what what this next stage of life looks like for mm-hmm. us um so i'd say those are two two big things there for sure okay well i'm gonna pray for you as we wrap up and thank you for taking time out of your day and and meeting with us and sharing with us what you do absolutely and, and how god is working through reaching and teaching in those short-term teams um, yeah thank you for taking the time let, let me pray for well, you yeah God, thank you for Scott. Thank you for his family. Thank you for reaching and teaching in their short-term ministry of seeking to provide these these trainings to people who wouldn't have access to good, solid biblical teaching outside of this. And God, we know that COVID has shaken the world up and travel up, and it's an ever a never-ending change, changing dynamic. And God, I pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment as leadership tries to navigate all of the constantly changing rules and regulations and expectations. God, that you would, as Paul prayed, that an open door of ministry would uh, be opened before these workers. God, that you would provide opportunity and smoothness of travel and smoothness of, uh, of movement from one place to the next. God, that you would just work all these things together. In, in a way that is good for your glory. God, we pray specifically for Scott and his wife and his family as they go through this transition of seeing the kids go out of, get out of the house and go to college and grow and 
as they look to the future. God, we pray that you would give them comfort, give them peace, give them joy, and help them help them to keep their eyes focused on you through these times, knowing that you are sovereign, you're in control, and you've got it. So, God, we'll thank you for them. We'll thank you for their ministry. We thank you for their family and pray that you would bless them, bless their marriage, bless their family, bless their ministry. And we'll give Amen. you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Outstanding. Thank you, brother. Thank you for joining us today in the pod. Listen, if you haven't gone by the Missions Hallway, people, you need to go by the Missions Hallway. I ask you every single time we have a podcast to go down by the library after church, by the water fountains, by the coffee pots. I know you visit the coffee pots. Look behind you. On the wall, there's a huge map of the world. Above it, it says, where will you go? There's screens on both sides of that map. There's kiosks poke the kiosk open the screens see what you see about our five tiers of mission here at fbc telahoma see how you can be involved check out the missions hallway download the joshua project app pray for the plus one prayer guide and our missionaries that we pray for and hang out until next time we hope to see you in the pod until then god bless